Today, Lori and I spoke with Gail Fowler. Gail is a teacher, an intuitive energy worker, shamanic practitioner, and owner of Gift Gifts. To contact Gail, you can reach her through the website, giftgifts.com, that's G-E-A-F-G-I-F-T-S dot com, or email her at giftgifts at gmail.com. To contact myself or Lori, you can email us at spiritroadpodcast at gmail.com. Welcome to Awkwardly Zen Presents Spirit Road, a podcast about our spiritual journey where we can be awkwardly ourselves. It's a path that can be funny, absurd, enlightening, and life-changing all at the same time. Join us as we explore this mysterious world and life we live in. I'm Tim Behrens. I'm Laurie Hewitt. And this this is Spirit Spirit Road. I don't even, we were trying to figure out when that was, early 2000s, somewhere. We have a mutual friend, her name is Sally, and she was a shamanic practitioner. And she offered this class on how to do shamanic journeys. So we both show up at her house and met and started working together. And it was just like, I'm going to say this, sounds kind of funny, but really for me, it was like love at first sight. It's like, oh my Lord, I love this woman. <laughs> Who is she? <laughs> And we've just stayed in touch over the years since then. Mm -hmm. And she's developed her Reiki shamanic practice that is just incredible. She's an amazing healer. Thank you. But it was an interesting time that we met because that was Mm -hmm. opening the door to another area that I wasn't quite sure if I could do it. So. Yeah. You know, because I was already a Reiki master teacher at the time. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, I don't even remember how I found out about the class. Somebody must have told me, obviously. But then Lori and I was like, oh, we sat next to each other. We got comfortable. And it was it, after there, it was, we've just, you can't separate us. <laughs> so yeah. is, is there, would you say, is there a crossover with Reiki and shamanic practitionership? Like that, that feels like an interesting. Yeah. For me, I thought they were going to be siloed. You know, this is my Reiki. I do it this way. This is the shamanic stuff. But to be honest, it's it's kind of just immediately blends. So I say I do energy work because there's so many things. The foundation may have been with Reiki because that's what I was officially taught. But, you know, receiving messages, um, you know, working, doing how to work with the energy, it's from both sides, the shamanic side, as well as uh, with Reiki. So it wasn't something I could draw the line in the sand, which I tried to because I thought that's how I needed to do it. It just blended really nicely. Um, and so that opened the door even further for me, receiving messages and things, because, you know, I mean, Lori knows, I always say, I'm such a control freak. I don't know how I can receive messages because you know, I I don't want to say anything wrong or, you know, want to control who comes through all, all that stuff. And yeah, it didn't work that way. But it allowed me through going through that path uh, to be able to open even further. And I think I can go even deeper with the healings. And it also opened the door for my medical intuitive side as well. So, so we're each other's clients. <laughs> sure. 
Yep. Yeah, I was, well I, was, I was just in conversation with someone the other day about their experiences with Reiki. And I, I'm, I'm not a not a practitioner per se, but I've, I've been attuned and, and kind of for my own personal reasons and will occasionally mm-hmm. practice. And but the, the question was, when going to a Reiki practitioner, there's often this experience of messages coming through or, you know, people having visions that, you know, the practitioner will share with it's like I'm getting this. And and the question was, is that Reiki? And and I'd be curious to hear what you think. But my my response was like, I I don't really feel like that's Reiki in the sense that Reiki is a very passive kind of energy, and we are a conduit for it, you know, holding space and trusting that it goes where it needs to go and all of that. But but that it is often a side effect of Reiki that when you're opening those channels and allowing that in, you're connecting to source or something higher in such a way that those messages come through too. Is that, would that be your impression of it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, there's been many people that I've met when, you know, they, they just focus on hand positions, you know, and, and then the energy really, really focusing. And I was the same way because I'm very analytical, logical. It's like, this is the way I was taught. So this is the way I'm going to do this. But I was born this way, <laughs> so I've always had uh, the gift of sensing energy and vortexes and sensing spirits, things like that. So when my my master teacher had to ask me, do you get messages when you work on people? And I said, yes. She goes, what do you do with it? I said, nothing. <laughs> She's like, why not? I said, because they might think I'm crazy or what if it's because I saw something on you know TV last night and that's what came forward. And, and so I kept doing all these questions. She goes, well, what if I told you that you saw something on TV last night because it was for the, the person you're going to work on? And what if I told you that the messages you receive is part of the healing? So instead of being like, well, I don't know, I was like, oh, okay, I'll try it. So then I started to share what I received in that process. Um, and it's been amazing. And in one incident, it also ties with the channeling part of it, is that I opened myself up to allow, because I know only those that are good of the highest light would be able to come through. And one of my clients, she goes, that was the most amazing session she's ever had. And I've all these messages came through. And I think it was... Um, I'm trying to remember who it was. Saka Jawea, I think, came in. I didn't really know who she was. I grew up in Hawaii, so not too much, you know. And she said, that was amazing. Then I said, uh, I have a confession. <laughs> She's like, well, I said, that's the first time that I did a session where I was like 100% guided, at least to my knowledge. And she goes, really? She goes, you got to keep doing that. I said, okay, something, somehow, some way. I felt comfortable with the foundation of Reiki allowed me was to be able to understand how to work with the energy. And then the other started to flow. So a friend of mine said, it's like Reiki is like the gateway drug to everything else. And I'm like, (laughs) okay, you can put it that way, but it kind of makes sense. You know, any type of healing, I think where you need to open up and follow your heart, that will lead to your increased awareness And then I think your willingness to receive messages comes through because I think most of us, we really can't not, or like, can't ignore it. (laughs) Somehow, some way, they're going to keep poking at you to say, help them, tell them, you know? And so I think, so I do believe that it was through learning Reiki, it helped that door to open. And I had great teachers along the way as well. 
So yeah, I do. I do believe that. So a lot of my students coming in, like I teach Reiki with a shamanic twist. And partly because I couldn't figure out how to teach them what I'm what I've learned. You know, here's the book. This is our Reiki. This is a foundation. We'll learn all that, but we'll do more. And that's how it all evolved. And maybe this is a question for both of you since you had that experience together, you know, but how what what is the shamanic twist? I mean, how would you describe that practice or that type of journey? One thing I've I actually am know and are and friends with one of your students who is also an amazing practitioner who also does kind of that shamanic Reiki sessions. And so you're teaching them very well, in my experience, that she's quite good as well. And I think the shamanic twist is it takes you deeper and literally takes, at least for me in my sessions, it takes me deeper and literally on a journey while we're there. And Gail will lead it or start it or start saying, okay, this is what I'm seeing. And then what I find is it takes me into that mindset as well. And then I can follow along or I can start having my own experience and receiving my own messages as she's working on me and kind of reporting what she's seeing or feeling. So it really is kind of a joint journey almost that I find that that I take with her during our session. And sometimes I can just, this last session, I don't know where I was. It was like really unique. It was very deep. And I was in this space somewhere and kind of just floating. And she literally had these beings step into her and work on me for a bit and then pretty quickly just all at once stepped out of her (laughs) I just remember her saying I'm back (laughs) and I just started laughing because it was so clear that they had taken over and were telling her what to say and where to move and what what positions to like where on my body to send the energy it was really incredibly healing and intense so I think that's for me, that's part of that journey of just her getting out of the way and allowing this energy to come through her in any way it needs to. Yeah, and I guess I something new <laughs> that was interesting through that. I learned a new technique, a different way to work the energies. And I'm trying to explain to Lori what I saw, but I originally started off present and then I disappeared and <laughs> it was like a whoosh back in my body. And I'm like, I remember things they were showing me. Mm-hmm. Right. I guess what's coming up for me, and I'll quickly will be apparent that I don't know a lot about shamanic journeys. It's something I'm interested in, but the the journey part of it being like the the part that I'm resonating with is this idea that there's the physical world that we move through, but then there are these other places that you can mm-hmm. actually go to together or have shared experiences through this inner journey or this shared coherence of energy and vibration or whatever it is that um well it may not have a physical location it has a a shared experience aspect to it i guess so that's where Lori and i both learned from um, the different realms that we, right. were, we would go to and so that was new for me too mm-hmm. but the the concept of meeting your guide somewhere or you know going somewhere else when you're meditating or something, I think that is pretty much common throughout 
any type of um, journeying, meditating, um, traveling, you know, like they can say you've um, traveled different realms or um, things like that. I think they all have the commonality of allowing yourself, not your physical form, but your spirit or your soul to do that. Mm-hmm. So I think when, you know, just the name shamanic journey, well, people will say, oh, I've never done it before. And then we do it and they're like, oh, I think I have, but I never went to the upper realm, the lower realm, the middle realm. I said, you went somewhere, right? They said, yes. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just another another way to teach that. And I think it has a longstanding history in Native cultures where the shaman in the community was you know, a holy person and a healer. And people came to that individual to do these journeys for them to receive healing messages or energies for them. So it has that long history um, in mostly native in native cultures, I think. And it is this deep journeying that the shaman does. They put themselves into a trance and travel either to the underworld or the upper worlds or wherever to retrieve this information or to retrieve souls. They mm-hmm. also do soul retrievals where parts of yourself can have spit bun off someplace they can travel into those realms and help bring that back to make you whole again. So it has a long history that's pretty incredible. And I think what Sally taught us was that just how how to do the practice, not that we're shaman, but that we can do those practices, we can help do those journeys with others to help them go to those levels as well. Right. Yeah. And it's funny that um, I had the same concern with the, like saying, oh, I can't call myself a shaman, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of leading into that because of what they did. But then when they tell me what they do, I said, oh, I do that too. (laughs) It's like, hmm. Um, So what uh, I call myself an urban shaman. Oh, I like that. You know, I mean, partly because I'm, it's, and I was told because I've had many, um, native teachers you know I've got you know two of them that are, that are up on Navajo and then Sally's teacher was Lakota you know so I've and I've uh, you know worked with several elders um, from different tribes and what it comes down to really is that connection to the other side the other realm that helps us uh, to gain insight uh, and you know by allowing I think that's my biggest problem was if you asked me, let's say 20 years ago, that um, you think you'd be a channeler, I said, oh, no way. That would not happen. That did no way. And now it's like it happens on a regular basis because I got, I guess, got, got out of my own way. And I stopped trying to fit myself in the square pig round hole type of thing and just said, this is how the gifts presents itself. It hasn't been easy. I've needed validation from true medicine men, medicine women, at least I feel they are because they did the traditional training. But I have a good friend um, named Granddaughter Crow or Dr. Joy Gray, PhD, whichever way you want to call it. And I talked to her about that. And she said, most of the teachings that she's learned, you know, she is half Navajo and half Dutch. So the Navajo side, she grew up when she learned that piece of it. But when she was asked, who were your teachers? And she said, my guides. And I sat back and I said, oh, well, that's kind of what's happening with me. 
You know, I'm I'm looking for the teacher, the right teacher. And I've met several of them, but the shaman teacher, I guess I'm looking for, they've they're there, they've been there. And um, but she helped me to understand that that is teachings. You know, and um, so it took me a while to allow what I was receiving into doing. Because it's someone like, yeah, uh-huh, I don't think I'm going to do that. That seems kind of strange, you know, or like some ideas, these concepts, like throw in the OSHA or the bear root into the fire. I never heard of anybody doing that before, but I just got the push to do it. So I did that. And my friend Garrett, who's Navajo, he goes, mm, what did you throw into the fire? And I said, bear root. <laughs> oh, and he's like, who told you to do that? I said, grandfather bear and I said was I not supposed to because obviously you were supposed to he just never heard it and that's what I then it's like that's what um granddaughter crow was meaning and so I allow that to happen through the sessions and amazing things happen so it's not like I knew beforehand it's a it's a very interesting thing to think that any modality or any type of journeying or connection at some point in time, someone had the original experience of working with that without without the physical guidance or whatever, right. you know, Reiki Asui being given to someone on a mountaintop. Or um, <laughs> I, I re- re- recently I started taking a Tai Chi oh, and yes. and I'm really, really loving it. It's Tai Chi Cha, which is a very kind of a simplified, I think there's 19 movements and it's 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 a very gentle form. It's not the martial art. It's more about the the energetics and but in learning those movements, one, there was a familiarity, like I could feel the energy in my hands as I'm doing those movements. And I'm like, this feels very much like Reiki. You know, this is a, this is familiar to me, but also that there have been points in time where I've worked with movement as a way of moving energy without knowing the form. And it's like, just, just to think, okay, so someone has taken this energetic sensation, this understanding of yin and yang and how we fill our bodies and balance energies, and they have created a movement that feels powerful to them in such a way that they pass it on and teach it. But someone else may be in their bedroom somewhere just waving their arms around in a way that feels natural and getting the same energetic sensations. It's just, yeah, kind of connecting to the same source without the guide or right. um, or or maybe that becomes a new modality because they trust themselves enough to work with it, right? Yeah, what it's really interesting. What Dr. Crow told me was that we remember what we forgot. And so, like you're saying, it, it seems familiar, but my logical brain was, well, how can I remember if I forgot it? <laughs> and then things started happening. I'm like, oh, that's what she meant. So a lot of my students come in. The first thing I do is have them put their hands together. I said, don't have to move it around. Just put your hands together. Now move it two inches apart. And they said, and move them you know, in opposite directions. Are you sensing something between your hand? They're like, yeah, and they go even further, you know, so that they start to see the energy bosses. That's the energy that I work with. And they're like, wow, I said, so you can do it too. I said, just through the training, we learn how to work with it or, or to understand what it feels like so we know. And so I, I do that. It's like a party trick, you know. <laughs> what is Reiki? Let me show you. And so exactly, you know, little things like that. Um but I will have some odd things come to mind when I'm working on someone. And one, uh, I think it was the Athena Festival. It was one of the Athena Festivals that I went to. And a person that I had met 
she had come to see me and um, my friend Garrett was selling these different essences. Okay. So uh, she had come to see me and then she came back. She was, I don't know what she did, but her hands were blue, like going up her arm blue and going, what did you, you know, like, is this paint? She goes, no, something's going on. And everything was blue. I was like, okay. So then I tried to work with the energy, trying to clear it out. And I could literally see that the energy like moving from that blue to pink as it's going down. And then it go back up again. I'm going, okay, that's so weird. Then I was hearing grab the snake um, essence. Actually they said snake oil. I'm like, what snake? I didn't even know there. I had it, you know, like, okay, well, let me look. And I found it. And so I used the snake, um, the essential oil thing, and I put this in, and then I had that helping. So it worked really well. And they said, now do the day meeting, the guides. Now do the snake bite. <laughs> I mean, the, the, what? What are you talking about? You know, bites infuse the poison. They said, no. So you were saying, and seeing, visualizing that you're the snake and you're making a snake bite, but you're puncturing to release whatever that toxin is out and i said okay so me and my sound effects i said let me try something and i went and let it drop and she goes and we saw the color changes and i'm going obviously that did not come from me because that is counter logical to what i understood so i have some amazing experiences that i wasn't really looking for i'm just like trying to get the energy what's going on and then it disappears. So every time I see her, we'll remember that issue because to this day, she doesn't know what she touched. I'm clearing her and seeing the color changes. And I'm looking because people are watching. Says, are you guys seeing this? <laughs> I'm just shocked. But I think that's part of the, um, the medicine person is to be able to work with that and then to listen. You know, and we all are healers. Everyone is, and people don't, you know, they're like, oh, no, I didn't train. I said, okay, what happens if you see a child who's crying or, you know, they got hurt? What do we do? We comfort them. Same thing with the animals. We do this, a sense of nurturing. Maybe your voice, you you speak in a softer, quieter voice. All of those are healing. So we naturally do that. Then you take a next level. Okay, can we use the energies? Or then using your gifts and messages, which Lori is, I mean, Oh my gosh, she's giving me so much wonderful messages, um, even when I don't want to hear it. <laughs> it's like, well, you're right, they got me. <laughs> but I think Reiki was in like in also like that gateway drug to make me mm-hmm. understand what is this energy that we're talking about. Yeah, my my first well, my first real introduction to Reiki was Reiki Tumo, which is a different lineage from Is Isui, which is you know more commonly practiced here. And and I was seeking someone to help me with kundalini energy, like having had an experience and and literally having kundalini sickness. I was in a kind of a bad place oh, and and needed a needed a teacher and didn't understand what was happening, and and was very synchronistically led to Reiki Tumo. They teach in that that lineage. It's it's more about this this um, philosophy of heart. They call it smiling to the heart. And 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 it's it's almost a belief system or a way of being, but they teach Reiki as a way of opening the door to someone allowing these beliefs in because they're like, if we can give you the energetic sensation of this of this energy moving through you, if you can feel this and experience, it's not really about belief anymore. It's the experience. Right. And like once you have the experience, it's hard to deny that there's something more going on. 
And in that sense, when you open yourself to that possibility, it opens up everything. You know, it's it's it it is it is like a gateway. It's like, oh well, if this if I can physically feel this moving through me, then there must be something more than just myself here happening. And 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 once once I allow that, it does. It's like then you can start to hear the messages or hear you know connect to the world and to people around you in different ways. So it's I always thought that was interesting that Reiki was kind of their way of introducing a concept. And it's a healing energy and it's a healing modality, but it's like their purpose for teaching it is more about opening up a greater understanding of something else. Yeah, I was taught um, non-traditional Reiki. So we learned the traditional Reiki symbols and additional. Um, And, you know, I've run into people who are very regimented. Like, no, I can't use crystals. Oh, I can't use um, essential oils. I can't use all of that. And it's like, why? They said, because it's not part of the training. I said, well, it's like saying this is additional. It'll help you. It's not going to hurt you. In fact, one of my students, he said he was taught traditional and he he works with crystals. He goes, well, I want to use my smoky quartz, you know, help me to ground or whatever it was he was going to do with it. And the teacher says, well, you can't use it. He goes, why not? She said, because that's what she was told. You know, it's like just passing down from teacher to teacher. And then after class, she said, would you mind teaching a crystal class? <laughs> it's like I can't teach it in your certification part of it, but we can teach it, um, you know, on the side. Yeah, I always think that training like that is a good starting point. It like gives you the basics, but mm-hmm. then really the best practitioners take that information and make it their own. And then, like you have, and other practitioners I know, make it their own and are creative and use whatever they're guided to use in some way. They have the basics, but then they can expand on it. And that's what makes, to me, a great practitioner, is that you don't stick with the rules necessarily. Right. You incorporate it, but you move beyond it, because otherwise you're just stuck, you know, doing the same old stuff. And that's fine to a point, but I think it leaves out so much Mm -hmm. and the potential of other messages coming through. I would equate it to, we learn a recipe. Right. Yeah. This is the foundation. Yeah. And over time, we modify that recipe to a point where maybe you don't even follow it anymore. It's just the foundation of what you've done. Um, and, you know, like I know my mom will say something like, well, where'd you get that recipe from? I said, well, no, you remember this recipe that you use? Well, I changed this and changed that. And she goes, oh, so this is a new recipe. I said, kind of. <laughs> it's just a few different ingredients, but the concept's the same, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's what I try to explain to all of my students is that you need to have a part of you in this process. You're healing from your heart. And what does your heart tell you? You know, it's it's the key thing. Um, when we're healing purely from the mind or saying, I'm focusing on my third eye, I'm focusing on my crown to make that work really well. It's like, I think you're missing the key what makes us unique in the universe is our emotions, our heart. And Reiki does teach you that the, the you know, the core of the issues, most of it lies in the emotional traumas. And then from there, you know, if you don't pay attention to it, it may become a dis-ease where it starts to manifest into something that you need to pay attention to. Sometimes it just takes me longer to figure that out, you know, for myself. <laughs> I can work on people's, this is what's going on. And for me, it's like, oh, I somehow not paying attention to that. 
it's always that way. It, we can always focus on other people, but it's hard to focus on ourselves and see mm -hmm. the what's standing right in front of us mostly. Right. Yeah. But yeah. I think if we stay open mm -hmm. and you, you know, a lot of people are afraid, like, like, like channeling. They're like afraid I'm going to let something negative speak through me. I said, why would it? Because that's what I was told. Why would it? I said, well, because I opened the door. And so a great visual, I say, is, you know, like, um, I'll say, okay, imagine a Bigfoot or Sasquatch standing by the door and they're your bouncer. <sighs> so nothing bad can pass them. So it's all good. You know, mm -hmm. nothing of that's not from the heart can come through. So it's all good. So I've been blessed that I have not had those things. I've been, you know, kind of deceived a couple times until I figure, oh, wait a minute, this is not a good energy. Uh, but overall, it's staying in the heart um, that makes everything much more, um, I think, powerful. If that's the word I which I don't normally use. But I believe it's that way. If we, if we really focus from healing from the heart to the heart, um, that's where we can make the biggest changes. True. Yeah, so. I just want to say, Gail is an incredible practitioner. She also is has other talents. She <laughs> makes this beautiful jewelry. She is able to come up with these beautiful crystals, and um, she also makes these incredible sprays. And I don't. What do you call the salve stuff that um, that you make? That is quite healing. That I've been using uh, for a while. I think I call it like an arnica healing or something healing salve right. or something. Right. Yeah. So she's very talented in many ways. She has many many gifts. Well, thank you. The a lot of what I make the sprays and the salves is partly from, well, actually majority from the guides um, saying what to put in there. Or I may come across like, why does this uh, herb keep coming, you know, coming up? There's mm -hmm. got to be something. Then when I look into what it is, I'm like, oh, so you want me to use that? And so then I'll take that, make my tincture or make the, you know, uh, infused oils. And then that's how it works. So I'm always amazed, but I'm not. It's like, wow, I didn't know that. Like, of course you didn't. They told you. It's like, yeah, so I have to write it down. That's wonderful. I mean, it feels like a skill to allow yourself to be led in that way too, you know, just to have that openness to really trust and, and listen to the messages. And then also I have had that experience sometimes of, yeah, just kind of the amazement that comes with it when something works through you or with you in such a way that afterwards it's like, wow, this is, this is the real deal. Something's happening here. Yeah. And I think I'm the, the first to be surprised. <laughs> you know? Sure. Well, you know that I said, no, I didn't know that. Well, this is something new, you know, and, uh, you know, and I'll tell people, I said, sometimes I kind of argue. It's like, do you really want to mix that two together? I, I don't know. It doesn't smell right. And they're like, just do it. Try it. And then I'm done. And I'm like, oh, they're right. And then I laugh, you know, and then I'll share it with everybody. And then we all get high from that energy. And I said, <laughs> oh, obviously, yeah, it works. <laughs> I think my yeah. biggest problem is getting out of my own way. And so when I'm in the right environment, things can flow, like my healing space. Mm -hmm. But in my muggle job, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> it's because we're stuck being so left brain in those jobs. You know, this other right. one is so right brained. Yeah. Gil also runs the Sacred Wayfair that we have several times a year that are, it's quite lovely. People that are in the Denver area know about this fair and we have one, you have one coming up in June, right? Yep, June 10th. Yep. Yeah. Um, and I don't even remember how many we've done, but I think it's probably over 
maybe over six years we've been doing this, I think. Wow. In the beginning, we did like, I think at one point, we the most we did was four a year. And then I think right before the pandemic, we did like, I think two. And then after that, you know, we didn't do it for a while. So it's uh, what's interesting, and most people find it interesting, is that my office, the Healing Arts Center, is in a Lutheran church. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. we have the fair there. And people say, you're having this kind of woo-woo stuff in the church? I said, yes, because they believe we actually have the same mission of helping others to heal. And they look like, wow. I said, so that's how it all started, even having the Healing Arts Center there. Um, And, you know, it also helped the church because the kids, the grandkids, the great-grandkids, they weren't coming back to church. So they had fewer and fewer people attending. And so the church was ready to shut the doors. And one of the parishioners there, who's now the um, the manager of the Healing Arts Center, she had come up with an idea saying, well, let's, let's do this. And so she talked to the pastor at that time and it made it happen. And it was to our mutual friend, um, Susanna Magdalena. She's the one who she came in as a um, a practitioner. At the, I brought her in as a um, another practitioner at the, the church. And she said, we should do a fair. Now, she had done them, I don't know how long, but she did a, a many of the fairs at the First Spiritual Science Church Fair. That's also another one in Denver. And so she knew how to do it. I had no clue. I was like, okay, you just show me. Um, and then she she left the Healing Arts Center and then kind of came back and was in my hands. And so <laughs> that's what we're doing. Yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah. Um, it is amazing how fast the time flies. But yes. just um, <laughs> as, as, as we're kind of wrapping up here, even thinking about the fair and everything else, if somebody wanted to know more about you and what you do and where these events are and all of that, how how can they find you? So um, the Sacred Way Fair actually has its own Facebook page. So I think it's called the Sacred Way Fair. So they can take a look at that. I have my own Facebook page and as well as my website. Uh, So if you look under, and it's my initials, but it's GIF. It's G-E-A-F, GIFs with an S. So um, gifgifts.com. And that's my website. And then if you look for gift gifts on Facebook, you'll find me. So that's where I post a lot of my classes. Um, my website, I haven't really kept it up to date very much, but it's got some of the things that I do sell, like the sprays and um, some of the herbs and things that I've learned how to use through um, teachings from the Navajo um, and, and others. Uh, so, but the, for me, I guess uh, best way to do it, you could um, you could message me like, you know, through the, through those sites or you can email me at giftgifts, same thing, G-E-A-F-G-I-F-T-S, giftgifts at gmail.com and you'll find me. Wonderful. And so, you know, and I've done a lot of these um, interviews and things, so they'll just pop up. I do have a YouTube channel, but it's really just... I really haven't done much. I just post. Here's another one of those interviews and uh, different topics, you know, all the things like I just did one last Thursday and we were talking about the Sasquatch, the Bigfoot. Oh, fun. Yep. So there's, I mean, I've, I am a big skeptic, but sometimes when you ask for proof, you get it. And (laughs) that's just like, now what you're going to do, Gail? Uh, Yeah. 
<laughs> we'll have to have you back and because that's a whole other topic. We're going to have to have you back to discuss that one. <laughs> yep. And, and I'm going to leave it with a parting knowledge is that they're healers too, and they help with the healing. So that's what most people won't realize. I said, yeah, let me just tell you stuff. <laughs> well, thank you for having yeah. me. This was fun. Thank you so much for being here. It's a pleasure yeah. to meet you.